And hello everyone. I'm John Ray on the price and value journey. And I am delighted today to have Bob Berg as a guest. Now I have been a disciple of Bob's. He doesn't know this <laughs> because I'm one of those people that has read all his books in some cases twice. And if you haven't done that, I would encourage you to, to do so. If you don't know Bob, um, he has for over 30 years been helping companies, sales leaders, and their teams to more effectively communicate their value, sell at higher prices with less resistance, and grow their businesses based on his book, Endless Referrals. Uh, now, but Bob is particularly known for the Go-Giver series, and that's a, a series of books that he co-authored with John David Mann and that have been bestsellers. And The Go-Giver, which is the anchor book of that series, has sold over a million copies at last count. Uh, it been one of the top motivational business books, really, of all time. Um, so I would encourage you to check those out. And one other thing I'll say about Bob, he's an animal fanatic, and that's one thing I love about Bob. So, uh, so congratulations on that work. Bob Berg, thank you so much for coming on The Price and Value Journey. Hey, thank you for having me, John. Great to be with you. Yeah, thank you. So let's talk a little bit about just the the origins of the Go-Giver series and how you made, what led you to introduce that philosophy. And we'll get more into that philosophy in just a second, but what led you to it? Well, the... Um well, I guess the, the answer to what led me to that philosophy is just watching and studying and learning what successful people did. Mm -hmm. And I noticed that that people who were sustainably successful um, always looked to what kind of the, how they could provide value to others. I think they, they understood something probably intuitively that is something I say it, you know, pretty much every every um uh, conference where I speak, and that is to uh, to ask the audience, how many of you agree with this, this statement? Nobody's going to buy from you because you have a quota to meet, right? How many, right? right? How <laughs> many of you believe that nobody's going to buy from you because you need the money or because just because you're a really nice person? Mm -hmm. And it's the same, you know, as a as a professional. You know, you may not have a quota, but they're still not buying from you because you would like them to. They're going to buy from you only because, or do business with you, uh, retain you, whatever it happens to be, however you want to call the sale. And it's, it's going to be only because they believe that they will be better off by doing so than by not doing so. Mm -hmm. And that's the only reason why anyone should do business with you or with me or with anyone else. And what I noticed is those the most successful people understood this. Now, again, they, they may have just known this intuitively, or they may have learned this, but they, they understood it. And so they knew that their job was to always find ways to bring value, immense value to those they chose to do business with. In your books, you say this is not religious, although these principles are contained in a lot of the world's religions. Um, one of the things that I'm curious about is, do you have to have a predisposition toward giving to be a go-giver? Because it is counterintuitive, as you say. 
Yeah, I, I I think that if you have a predisposition to and and let's you know you bring up a good point too, and I and let's let's first kind of define what we mean by giving in this context. Yeah, because thank you. I, I you know I think people hear the title the Go Giver and they may think it's talking about giving money or giving away your services or not caring about making a profit or and it has nothing to do with those. Okay? Right. Um, when when we say go giver, we're simply talking about understanding that shifting your focus from, and this is just your focus from getting to giving. When we say giving in this context, we simply mean constantly and consistently providing immense value to others, understanding that doing so is not only a more fulfilling way of conducting business, it is the most financially profitable way as well. And again, not for any woo-woo way out there, magical, mystical type of reasons, not at all. It's very rational. It's very logical. Mm -hmm. When you're that person who can take your focus off of yourself and place it on serving others, uh, moving off of yourself and looking at how you can uh, determine what they need, what they want, what they desire. When you can take your focus off of you and place it on helping another person solve their problems and challenges, well, people feel good about you. They, they want to get to know you. They like you. They trust you. They want to be in relationship with you. They want to do business with you directly, and they want to tell others about you. So when we talk about giving, that is what we what we mean. So do you have to have a predisposition to it? I think some people uh, have a predisposition to to wanting to be of value to others. Now, I think most of us do actually, okay? Mm-hmm. Most of us when we get into business, it's because it's our way of expressing our values, our personal values, okay? And it, you know, if you're an attorney, you want to help that other person. If you're an architect, you want to help that other person. If you're a, a if you're an accountant, you want to help that other person, okay? You're doing all these things through your your business okay but um but yeah we have as as human beings we tend to have a desire to to do something that makes a contribution okay now there's nothing self-sacrificial about that though and it's important to understand that Mm -hmm. it's it's through our contribution to others through giving value to others that we cause people to, again, want to do business with us. So that's why I say it's not only in alignment with human nature, it's actually, uh, it's very, very profitable. So now if someone does not have a predisposition to it, let's say they are what we call a go taker. Mm -hmm. Okay. So a go giver is someone who's, who's focused on providing immense value to others. A go getter is someone who takes action. We love go getters. A go getter is not the opposite of a go giver. The opposite of a go giver is a go taker. That's that person who feels entitled to take, take, take without having added value to the person, to the process, to the situation. Go takers, tend to be very frustrated because they rarely attain the kind of success they feel they deserve. Hmm. But even when they do, and they do sometimes, okay, Mm -hmm. uh, it's typically not as sustainable because it hasn't really been built on a on a correct foundation. But there are also those go takers who do over time build a, you know, a financial empire and they're very good at what they do and they make a lot of money and it's sustainable. But first, they've got to work awfully hard at it. They probably have some very specific talent that allows them to do that, but they make it as they do not 
because they're a go-taker. It's in spite of being a go-taker. Not to mention, typically go-takers, even financially successful ones, tend to have awful personal relationships, mm. you know, for obvious reasons. Right. So, um, so yeah, we say be a go-getter and a go-giver, just not a go-taker. But if someone is by nature a go-taker, they can learn to become a go-giver. But they'll have to understand why it's in their best interest to actually focus on the other person. You know, um, there was a, there's a moment in the go giver where Joe, who's the protagonist of the story, he has that moment, right? Mm -hmm. Where he figures it out. And it actually is not at, at his job or his, uh, occupation, um, or for the rest of us in our business, it's at home. Right. So, <laughs> Talk about the significance of that, uh, because that was striking to me. That's when you talked about the law of influence. Right, exactly. And, and he realized that his relationship with his wife should not be a 50-50 proposition. Mm -hmm. It should simply be 100, mm -hmm. with both of them looking to benefit the other person. Okay. Now, this should not be confused with um, a... Um, codependent, you know, type of thing where one person's sure. abusive and the other person's saying, oh, it's okay. You know, not at all. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about that at best, it's when, when two people both are focused on, on bringing happiness to the other, right? Well, now you've got a wonderful, wonderful situation. And what Joe realized was it wasn't that he and Susan should be 50-50, but if he would focus on the 100 part, Okay. And then as he saw, she did the same. And that's what happens so often. Well, the reason we put this into the story is it is a business book and it's through a business publishing house, but we also wanted to make the point that success principles, and we're not talking about strategies or tactics necessarily, because those do differ across the board, but success principles, universal laws, they transfer. Uh, whether you're talking about success financially, physically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, socially, socially, relationally, right? And we wanted to show that, yeah, this wasn't isn't just for business. It's actually for the, you know, for all the the aspects of life that are so, so important. Um, but that often, uh, you know, a principle that is utilized at home works, you know, it can be transferred right to business and a business principle can transfer to the home or to any other, other area. So that's why we, we included that. You know, it strikes me, Bob, that you're very familiar with Robert Cialdini and his laws of influence sure. and reciprocity. And I think some people misinterpret reciprocity and they think it, it's meant to plant something in someone else that, that creates an obligation. And you do a really good job of explaining that's not what reciprocity is all about. Well, so, so our law, law number five, is the law of receptivity. Mm -hmm. Okay. Uh, Dr. Cialdini's law is the law of reciprocity. And they're two different things. They're, they're both, you know, fine principles. Uh, and they, they both have their, their time and place. Um, Reciprocity is, and this is in Dr. Cialdini's book, it's the, the very human need. So it's an aspect of human nature okay, right. to want to return in kind what someone else does for you. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's just human nature. And it's the same with all of us. If someone, uh, you know, gives, does something for someone, we have an, a, a human need to, to want to give something to that person. To sure. want to, that, that's just how it is. Sure. Now, that can be used to manipulate another human being 
or it can be used in a just for very innocuous reasons. Sure. Okay, the, the, if you if you go about giving value to others without what I call an attachment to the result, so you're not giving to this person for the idea for the that they have to then feel obligated to give back to you. You're not doing it for that reason. You're just giving value to others because that's who you are. And because it's who you are, it's what you do. You're naturally creating that benevolent context for success where it will come to you. Now, again, nothing magical, nothing mystical about it. That when it happens now is when receptivity comes in. Receptivity is simply the ability to receive that which comes your way. Now, let's talk more about that, because as you say in the book, or you said somewhere along the way, I can't remember if it's in the book or not, but that's the hardest law for folks to wrap their heads around, right? Um, mm-hmm. Is because it throws, I think it throws people off first time readers, right? Every, the first four laws are about giving, and then we're talking about receiving. Right. Why? Uh, Talk about why this is hard and, and, and what you counsel folks about that. Yeah. And you bring up a great point because as, as John David Mann, my fantastic uh, co-author and really the lead writer storyteller uh, in, in, in the series, as he says, the first four laws are like the fingers of a hand. The last law, the law of receptivity is like the thumb. Okay. <laughs> it, you know, it brings it together. Mm. Okay. But it, it's a little different. It's different than the fingers. Right. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, the fourth, first four laws are all about the value you're providing in certain ways. The fifth law says, okay, now when it comes to you, you need to be able to receive it. And this can be difficult. The law of receptivity says the key to effective giving is to stay open to receiving. This really means nothing more than understanding that you breathe out, but you also have to breathe in. It's not one or the other, right? You've got to do both in order to survive, in order to thrive. You breathe out carbon dioxide, you breathe in oxygen, you breathe out, which is giving, you breathe in, which is receiving. Well, giving and receiving are are not opposite concepts, yet the world around us gives us the message that they are. And whether it's a combination of upbringing, environment, schooling, news media, television shows, movies, social media, wherever, you know, that you happen, political conversations, whatever. What do we hear all the time that money is horrible and the people who have money are bad and they did it on the backs of others and they this and they that. Right. You see it in every movie and on every TV show. The villains are always wealthy and the other. Right. Now, Mm -hmm. there are people in the world who certainly do things that are evil and bad and and some of them make a lot of money. Okay, but but for those of us who are operating in a basically free market type economy, and when I say free market, I simply mean no one's forced Mm -hmm. to do business with anyone else. Okay, the only way you can earn a very, very high income is by providing a lot of value to a lot of people, Mm. okay? Because remember, no one's forced to to do business with you. Right. You have to earn it through the value you provide them. And so, but because of the horrible, not mixed messages, just the horrible negative messages, the anti-prosperity messages we're hit with from everywhere around us, it can really get into a person's head. And when I say in their head, I mean their unconscious, not the conscious part. 
Uh, that's the most insidious thing of all that consciously, sure, everybody, you know, we want to make a lot of money. Great. But unconsciously, if you associate money with something evil, if you associate money with taking advantage of others, if you associate making money with being dishonest, if you associate, and again, it's unconscious, then what you're going to do is you're going to push that away. You're going to reject it unconsciously, but you're going to do that. And that's why people have such a difficult time. And I can't tell you how many people just, you know, wrote to us and said that chapter is the first time I've ever felt it was okay hmm. to make a lot of money. Okay. Well, really, you know, John, we didn't go into detail in any way about that. Well, we it was very surface the way we 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 handled it. Okay, but it was so, and yet still, people were able to kind of <laughs> see right. So right. so because of that, what I would suggest people do is if if they have a an issue with this, which most people do, and mm-hmm. I certainly did at one time, and, and that is to make a study of prosperity. Mm. Okay, a study of prosperity. Okay. So there are people out there like, you know, Randy Gage, there are people out there like, well, the late Bob Proctor, who we just lost, there are people like Sharon Lecter and Ellen Rogan and Ken Honda and David Nagel. And there's just a a great book I just read by Derek Kinney that just came out called The Good Money Revolution. Mm. Uh, And and these people, they write, they speak, they blog, and they go into detail on the mental and emotional aspects of money, Mm -hmm. right? Right. 99% of what they talk about is the mental game. Mm -hmm. It's how to get past all those blockages and allow the prosperity to come to you that you've earned. You know, I think a lot of services providers have the perception that when you say adding value, that means giving away services to clients. And for you, I want you to say more on that, but it's really bigger then clients and prospects in turn and, and value is, is much, much bigger. Giving value is much, much bigger than whatever your services are. In fact, it may not include anything about your services. Well, so, so let's look at, you know, the difference between price and value, because I think it begins there. And it's important to understand that price is a dollar figure. Mm. It's a, a dollar amount. It's, it's finite. It simply is what it is. Value, on the other hand, is the relative worth or desirability of a thing, of something to the end user or beholder. In other words, what is it about this thing, this product, service, concept, idea, what have you, that brings so much worth or value to another human being that they will willingly exchange their, you know, whether it's time or money or whatever it happens to be for Mm -hmm. this and feel great about it while you make a very healthy profit. Now, it would be like one of the, uh, let's say, uh, an accountant who uh, does someone's taxes and they charge the person $1,000. That's their their fee or price, $1,000. But what value are they providing their client in exchange for this $1,000? Well, through their, their, their work, their dedication, they're getting to know this other person and their business and what have you, they're able to save their client $5,000. They save them countless hours of time. They provide them and their family with the security and the peace of mind of understanding it was done correctly. 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, they provide empathy in the process. They are able to work and teach this person how to be able to know what they're, they, you know, everything they, they, they've given, this value that they've given, they've given well over $5,000 in value, sure. way over in exchange for a thousand dollar fee. Mm-hmm. So the, the customer, the client feels great about it, but your accountant also made a very healthy profit mm-hmm. because it was worth it to them to lease, if you will, or sell their time, their energy, their knowledge, their wisdom, their research, you know, everything in exchange for this thousand uh, dollar fee. And maybe 900 of it was profit. And that's exactly what they needed to make it worth their while. So in any market-based exchange, there should always be two profits. The buyer should profit and the seller should profit because each of them comes away better off afterwards than they were beforehand. The more value you're able to communicate, uh, you know, the more that you can charge, obviously. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I want people and, you know, most go givers tend to people who operate this way tend to be at the higher end of the price scale because they're not selling on price. They're selling on value. When you sell on low price, you're a commodity. When you sell on high value, you're a resource. I love it. Um, Bob, we're, we're coming to the end of our time, but I want to get to one other point, which is in, you talk about in the go-giver leader, and this is one of the books in your series that maybe solopreneurs or small firm owners won't necessarily lead because they think, or read because they think they're not leading a big team, but they ought to read it. Um, and one of the things you talk about is the biggest challenge that any organization has is the fear and doubt that swirls around in the minds of team members and that the leader's job is to hold fast to hold, hold fast to the big picture of that vision address though, those, how do I keep holding that vision myself? Because I need, I need it to have it myself before I can communicate it to my team members and to the world. How do I hold it in myself? Well, the toughest thing for any business owner, any entrepreneur is, is that, you know, when things are going sideways, which they do sometimes is not getting so frustrated and, and, uh, you know, scared and all the other emotions that come with it, that you just kind of throw up your hands and right. Cause they're looking to see you, they're looking mm-hmm. at you, <laughs> right. Right. To get your, your response, uh, and so, uh, so, you know, we say the easy part is, is having the vision, right? <laughs> Anyone can have a vision. The toughest part is holding the vision, especially as things go, uh, are going wrong. And so mm-hmm. I, I think it comes down to really two things. One, it's that original desire or what they say, you know, what they call your why. So why are you doing what you're doing? Why did you have that desire in the first place? What was it that that caused you to create this business, knowing you were going to work long hours and and probably, you know, use a lot of your own savings or, you know, and or whatever you had to do. And, keep, you know, so you, you had a desire that was obviously very big in the first place. But then, and that's often not not enough to hold it. But I think when you combine that desire with belief, Mm. now is where you've got it because you know that belief in a couple of things one is it is having a belief in yourself that you've got what it takes but it's also a belief in your in that vision that you're holding right you've got to so believe in that vision 
and in your desire, the reason why you had that vision mm. in the first place, right? Because mm-hmm. that's what the desire is. It's the ma- the uh, manifestation of the uh, of that that or the vision is the manifestation of that desire. What have you? Sure. And so, but so having the belief, okay, having the belief is 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 what keeps you nine feet tall and bulletproof. It's that belief that what you're doing is is bringing value to the world. It's it's nudging the the world forward. It's it's doing what it's supposed to do, okay? And that it's worth it. And I think when you have that, that's what allows you to hold the vision. But without that desire being strong enough and that belief being strong enough, well, it's very hard to hold the vision. Great words here from Bob Berg. And Bob, uh, we've got to let you go and sprinkle more value around in the world like you always do. (laughs) So, but before we let you go, for folks that beyond just reading your books, how can people that are interested in your ideas engage with you further? Uh, They could go to Berg, B U R G dot com, and pretty much everything's there. Uh, one very exciting thing we have going is what's called the go giver community. Mm. And, um, this is where people all come together who, who have a, a business and they really just want to be with a whole community of people that believes in living their lives and conducting business, the go giver way. So they're, they're focused on providing value to others and also willing to allow themselves to receive that, which they, uh, that, which they have, uh, uh, that which others wish to give to them. So it's a really, really great community. So we invite people to come and take a look. That's great. Bob Berg, he, along with his uh, co-author, John David Mann, are, is the author of the Go-Giver series of books. Bob, it's been a pleasure and honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure. I want to thank Bob again so much for coming on the Price and Value Journey. I can't think of anyone more qualified to talk about value than Bob Berg. If you want to know more about Bob and the go-giver philosophy, go to Berg.com. You can find uh, all his books there, uh, including The Go-Giver. There's a recent uh, expanded edition that just came out in the last few years. He also has The Go-Giver Sell More, The Go-Giver Leader, and The Go-Giver Influencer, and I recommend all of those books. Um, They're terrific guides to success in business. Bob mentioned his Go-Giver community network, and if you'd like to know more on that opportunity, go to thegogivercommunity.com. That community is the answer to the question, what do I do now that I've read the books? What do I do now because I want to dive deeper? And that community is a great answer to that question if you're interested in more. I'm John Ray on the Price and Value Journey. And if you would like to check out our complete archive of shows, go to pricevaluejourney.com. And if you'd like to connect with me directly, send me a note at john at johnray.co. Thank you for joining us.